This is Law of Attraction Explored. I'm your host, Tim Grimes. If you've been liking this show, then I suggest you take a look at my new book, The Law of Attraction Simplified, because that book really goes into a lot of detail about what we're talking about in all these episodes, and it gives a contextual framework that will deepen your understanding of everything we're discussing. You can find The Law of Attraction Simplified on Amazon, as well as all my other books. And for more information or to ask me a question, you can visit RadicalCounselor.com. Enjoy the episode. So I wanted to pick up where we left off and continue to explore this approach to faith and becoming more comfortable having faith in these Law of Attraction principles. Because as we've been talking about the last couple of episodes, the difficulty once we are used to and believe intellectually in these law of attraction principles, the issue often is we don't actually have the inner faith, the subconscious faith, if you want to call it that, that they're going to work. In other words, you know, on a rational level, we say, oh yeah, this is, this is going to work. You know, I'm going to ask for this thing and it's going to come to me. But there is some significant aspect of our mind that doesn't believe that. You know, if we're trying to manifest a better job or an ideal partner or better health, you know, rationally, we're trying very hard to manifest and we think we're going to, but we don't have the faith. There's an aspect of us that just does not actually believe it's going to come to us. We don't believe that if we ask we shall receive it. We like to think rationally. We think, oh, you know, I believe in the law of attraction. And rationally, we think I'm going to ask for something and I shall receive it. But on some level, we have the belief that it's not going to come to us, the false belief. So how do we root root that out? Again, there's a lot of ways to do it, to root out these false beliefs. And I thought that I would share a way that I find effective and just some really good advice from a teacher that we haven't discussed yet and uh, definitely is worth discussing and mentioning. I'm surprised that we didn't mention him earlier. And that teacher is Maxwell Maltz. Maxwell Maltz, you know, wrote several phenomenal books that are considered self-improvement classics. Quite a few people probably do not consider him a law of attraction teacher. They would just consider him to be like a self-improvement, self-development teacher. In the same way that you could maybe say that Kuwait is not considered a law, a law of attraction teacher, because both Maltz and Kuwait, you know, they use a lot of psychological language, and you know, they're talking about theories that seem more "quote unquote" psychological as opposed to "quote unquote" spiritual. But uh, you know, we're a mature group of uh, law of attraction practitioners here, so let's cut, you know, let's cut the baloney. Maxwell Maltz is a law of attraction teacher. And not only is he talking about law of attraction principles, but he's talking about it on a practical level that is hardly rivaled by anybody else that I've ever read. Um, I would put Maltz right up there with Kuei and Joseph Murphy in terms of just giving you practical, super practical, super deep advice about how to apply these law of attraction principles. And uh, Psycho-Cybernetics is undoubtedly... Maxwell Maltz's most famous book. But that said, even though a lot of people have heard of Psycho-Cybernetics, I've found that not actually that many people have read all of it or read it recently. Maybe they looked at it 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, but they kind of forgot about it. And I can tell you that when I first read Psycho-Cybernetics, or I should say started to read Psycho-Cybernetics, because when I first picked it up um, many years ago, I, you know, I didn't make it through the whole thing because I didn't understand the profundity 
of what Maltz was saying. And it's only been in the last couple of years where I went back and really read all of Psycho-Cybernetics and then started examining it further and, you know, reading it, rereading it um, several times and several sections, you know, many times that I really saw how brilliant this book was. Um, Psycho-Cybernetics is right up there with the power of your subconscious mind as a uh, second half of the 20th century law of attraction book that really should be at the top of your list in terms of practical usage. Don't read the first 30 pages of Psycho-Cybernetics and put it down. Let me, let me put it that way. Okay, go through the whole book. Because this book, if you're used to the law of attraction already, if you already understand about the law of attraction, in my opinion, if you already understand the law of attraction and have some experience implementing these principles in your life, you're going to get a lot more out of psychocybernetics than if you just are coming into a cold turkey without having any knowledge or only having a vague knowledge of the law of attraction. It's an extremely deep book, and it's so simple at times sounding that it's at first blush, you might be like, oh, this is simplistic. But again, it's, it's not. It's simple because it's effective. Maltz is a, a real genius when it comes to the law of attraction. And I wanted to talk about a section um, in Psycho-Cybernetics. I actually quoted a, a part of this section in my book, The Law of Attraction Simplified, and I'm going to expand on it a little bit here. The section in Psycho-Cybernetics is called Examine and Reevaluate Your Beliefs. And when we, ha- when we know that we want something, right, and when we, on a conscious level, intellectual level, believe in the law of attraction already, yet we find that what we want is not manifesting for us, is not coming for us in the way that we want, as quickly as we want, or at all. If we seemingly are failing despite our best efforts, and despite trying to apply these principles, when there's some subconscious issue that is holding up our belief and enforcing a limiting belief upon us as opposed to a liberating belief, I have found that this reevaluation of your beliefs that Maltz talks about in this section can be very helpful. So I'm just going to read a few paragraphs of his instructions. Maltz wrote, Remember that both behavior and feeling spring from belief. To root out the belief that is responsible for your feeling and behavior, ask yourself, why? Is there some task that you would like to do, some channel in which you would like to express yourself, but you hang back feeling that I can't? Ask yourself, why? Why do I believe that I can't? Then ask yourself, Is this belief based on an actual fact or on an assumption or a false conclusion? Then ask yourself the questions. And this is very important. Take note of these questions. There's four questions that Maltz says we should ask ourselves when dealing with a false belief, a limiting belief. Here they are. Number one, is there any rational reason for such a belief? Number two, could it be that I am mistaken in this belief. Number three, would I come to the same conclusion about some other person in a similar situation? Number four, why should I continue to act and feel as if this were true if there is no good reason to believe it? These are four Great questions. 
that really can help you root out false limiting beliefs? Really good questions. Let me read them again quickly. Number one, is there any rational reason for such a belief? Number two, could it be that I am mistaken in this belief? Number three, would I come to the same conclusion about some other person in a similar situation? And number four, why should I continue to act and feel as if this were true if there is no good reason to believe it? Maltz then goes on to write, Don't just pass these questions by casually. Wrestle with them. Think hard on them. Get emotional about them. Can you see that you have cheated yourself and sold yourself short, not because of a fact, but only because of some stupid belief? That's the line that I quoted in The Law of Attraction Simplified, and it's a damn good one. I'm going to read that again. Can you see that you have cheated yourself and sold yourself short, not because of a fact, but only because of some stupid belief? Some stupid false belief. You sold yourself short. I sell myself short. We all sell ourselves short because of stupid false beliefs. So Maltz goes on to write, If this is so, try to arouse some indignation or even anger. Indignation and anger can sometimes act as liberators from false ideas. So I'm a big believer at examining uh, limiting beliefs, false beliefs, thoughts that clearly don't serve us well in the manner that Maltz describes or in a similar manner. There's you know many similar ways of doing this. The questions that Maltz just shared with us. Those four questions are are great questions to ask yourself. And something else that I really like about his advice there is he said, it's okay to get angry about this stupid belief. It's okay to get indignant about it, to get pissed off and to realize, my God, this stupid belief is holding me back. A lot of law of attraction teachers, including some of my favorites, such as Kuei, they're very anti-anger. They say, you know, don't, don't use anger. It burns up your energy. But in my experience, anger is one of my greatest tools. I've always been pretty comfortable using anger, and I've become much, much more comfortable using it the last couple of years as I've gotten more and more into these principles and um, have discovered the brilliance of advice and teachings of Maltz, who really say, use your anger as a tool. Because even when I didn't know exactly what I was doing, I always was aware that Anger does burn off things, and it can burn off that false idea, that false belief. So Kuwait actually was right. Anger does deplete you, but sometimes that depletion is necessary. And anger can be a great way of doing that. It, it depletes this false belief. Yuji Krishnamurti, who's not a law of attraction teacher at all, but he talked about this a lot. And as I said, in my own life, uh, anger often has been a great ally. You know, I've been able to get indignant about things that have bothered me, especially about my own limiting beliefs. And by getting angry enough at them and speaking out loud and swearing at them if need be and really getting pissed off, I've been able to throw them off or lessen or diminish them gradually as time has passed. So I love this approach that Maltz is recommending, you know, this reevaluation through questioning your false irritable beliefs. And then, uh, you know, being okay with getting angry at, at these false beliefs, at these ideas you've had. 
because while you know some teachers do recommend anger as a tool, not enough do in the law of attraction, in my opinion. And Maltz is a big exception in that way. Maltz encourages anger, like a lot of good therapists and counselors do. I've always been surprised that more law of attraction teachers um, shy away from anger so much. You know, I think they're afraid, oh, anger is going to attract more anger and da, da, da. That's bullshit. You know, momentarily getting angry at something for a brief period of time can be cathartic. It's a good thing. So that's something to keep in mind because you don't hear that talked about that much. Um, So, yeah, this is just one approach to throwing off false beliefs and Maltz's larger point about, you know, questioning and reevaluating your beliefs, I think is very helpful. Maxwell Maltz, Psycho-Cybernetics, really, really good stuff. Can't recommend it highly enough. And um, I think it's a kind of a contrarian way to utilize faith in these principles and utilize faith in the law of attraction. 